I am so inspired by everyone who says I inspire them. Isn't that a beautiful thing? Yeah. Then it's my obligation and I am honored to stay as fit as possible and show them what is possible in terms of this whole process we call aging. Hey y'all, you are listening to another episode of The Spiritual Homegirl, where we discuss all things concerning self-development and bettering our spirit, but from the homie perspective, somebody that's going through the journey day by day, just like you. Hey y'all, it's your girl Maria, The Spiritual Homegirl, and we are back with another episode of The Spiritual Homegirl Podcast. Now, as y'all know, I cannot move forward with our episode without thanking you all for listening. Out of the tens and thousands of podcasts that are out there in podcast land, you choose to give me your ears for about an hour or so once a week, and I really appreciate that. Thanks to your support, I have been able to make my 50th episode, so yay, I'm so happy. And I have something special for you all for this 50th episode. It's a milestone, you know, like it's one thing to be podcasting for a year, which I've been podcasting for over a year, over a year and a half now. But it's another thing to actually consistently put out episodes because as you guys may or may not know, around this time last year, I definitely was on hiatus. I was on a six month hiatus wanting to restructure and wanting to progress the show and wanted to sit still to figure out how it was a moment of uncertainty. And luckily, with the um, the tribe that I have now and the people that have been so gracious to come on the show, we've been able to progress the show. And I'm really happy for that. And I'm happy for you for listening. So thank you all so much. Um, for those who don't know, I'm also in March Madness. I have a lot going on. I'll talk about that at the end of the episode. But if you haven't gotten your tickets to the Veggie Connection on March 10th or Yoga 101, which is with my girl Dre from Miniature Yogi, on the 24th from 2 to 4 p.m. at Cosmic Energy Fitness Studio. Go ahead and get your tickets sooner than later. The first 20 that sign up get a free Yoga 101 shirt. But I'll talk about that at the end of the episode, so make sure you stay tuned after the interview. So this episode for number 50, our milestone episode, is going to be another Elder's Wisdom episode. Last year, for those who may not have remembered, when I came off of hiatus, I came back with Elder uh, Dick Gregory, He's since transitioned, and now he's a, he's an ascended uh, master or an ancestor. And I was really honored to have him just give me his time, um, about six and a half, almost seven hours to be exact. But we cut it down to a little under two hours. But we talked about the world according to him and all the knowledge and the wisdom that he's accumulated at the time amongst his 84 years of living. So I really wanted to do something special for episode 50, and I wanted to have a female elder come on the show and give us her knowledge and wisdom. And this blessing for this episode came in the form of Chef Bobette Davis. Chef Bobette is a mother, a grandmother, a wife, an author, entrepreneur, restaurant owner, a fitness enthusiast, and she's plant-based. And she will proudly tell you she is a senior citizen. She is 67 years old. She's the owner of Stuff I Eat out in Inglewood, California, which is a vegan uh, restaurant. And she looks great. When I say Chef Bobette is out here inspiring us younger folks to work out and and uh, lift these ropes and these weights and <laughs> do these push-ups and run up these hills, Chef Bobette is a great example of model health. And I think that in this interview, you'll see that that's just as important that she's inspiring us because it keeps her on task to remain consistent 
Amongst a lot of other things, this episode is really special. Like I said, we're talking about relationships, how she found plant-based living at 40. So for those that are saying, oh, I'm too old to find, you know, a plant-based lifestyle or transition. I'm too old. It's too late. No, it's not too late. Chef Babette had found it at the age of 40. And also we talk about the um, importance of persevering. We talk about her her first uh, quote-unquote failure, you know, when she decided to transition out of music, which she came to that realization um, in Japan. But I'll let her tell that story. She tells it so much better than I could ever. But uh, we talk about how she ended up starting her business from the ground up and opening a restaurant in the middle of a recession. We also talk about fitness and um, a couple of thoughts on those who are very quick to critique veganism without making, or at least without doing their research. So um, with that being said, this is definitely going to be a great uh, interview to listen to. I would make some tea, get you a snack, and just sit back, relax, and enjoy this interview for episode 50 with special feature, Chef Babette Davis. Peace, y'all. I'm speaking with the Chef Babette Davis. How are you? I am fantastic. Thank you. I am honored to be speaking with you guys. This is an an elder with I don't really know how to describe her. I mean, it's like, what word can you use to describe Chef Babette? I mean, she's gorgeous. She's musically inclined. She's a restaurant owner. She, you know, has, is an author. She's vegan. And she looks darn good. You're sweet. <laughs> so for those who don't know, who is, who is Babette Davis? Wow. Well, Babette Davis is y'all. <laughs> you know? I'm just um, I'm just a girl that grew up on the east side of Los Angeles in the 50s and um, had a real hard working mother that um, gave me some real good instilled some real good values in me. She was hard working. She was true to her word. She was always on time. I don't know if I got that. Uh, she was a darn good cook. I didn't even know I could cook uh, until you know I met my current husband, but. Yeah, it was it was a it was a very interesting experience during that time when I was young. Had to be boarded out a lot because this woman worked work two and three jobs. We lived the standard, you know, we ate the standard American diet. So I had my challenges with um, eczema, asthma. Um, I was constantly out of school with earaches and sore throats, and um, as I began to get in older. Digesting food was always a serious challenge with me. I've always been very athletic. I could really run fast when I was a kid, but never really, you know, got into it while I was young, not really. And as time went on, I met different people, got married a few times, and I finally met a gentleman that... um, turned me on to um, some information that I was extremely ignorant about, and that's my current husband, Rondell Davis. And <clears throat> I, I, I was invited to come to his home and, and have a, a meal without um, eating flesh. And I had never had a meal that was just, you know, most of the time, even if I just put a little spot of meat on the plate. I would always have some kind of meat on the plate, but I went to his home and he prepared this amazing meal for me. And um, after I ate it, I felt wonderful. And it was very simple. I'll tell you what it was. It was string beans, fresh string beans, 
brown basmati rice. I had never even heard of that. Uh, he had this cracked wheat bread. Uh, I was still eating wonder. And um, what else? We Oh, we had pan-grilled tofu, and it tastes like chicken to me. I kept calling it chicken. He had a nice salad. <laughs> he had a nice salad, and it was such a clean meal, a, a meal that was just so easy to digest. I couldn't believe it. I felt amazing because, girl, I would eat and belt out belt to everybody. I just couldn't <laughs> I was mixing stuff up and just, just eating crazy, and, and I was always miserable afterwards. And and after that meal, I was so intrigued that I, I was like, you know, I, just, I think I want to eat like this more. I want to learn more. So he shared some, some literature with me. And this truly is my... It's just such a solid story because it is just exactly the way that it happened. It was uh, three books in particular, uh, Fit for Life, Volumes 1 and 2 by Harvey and Marilyn Diamond, and then The Mucusless Diet Healing System by Professor Arnold Eric. And I read those books because he lent those books to me, and he was real fussy about his stuff, and he still is. But... um, <laughs> he ain't playing, girl. He he was one of them guys that don't even let you wear his T-shirt. What? 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 They always let you wear the T-shirt and their basketball and, shorts. Come and the basketball. Thank you. <laughs> anyway, not his stuff. Anyway, so I read those books, and just to be perfectly honest with you, I completely and totally un- got it. It made all the sense in the world to me. I started practicing. Um, my eating habits, taking them from uh, the advice given in Fit for Life. Uh, Volumes 1 really taught you how to combine your food, which made an entire difference in my digestive issues because I always had acid reflux. And, you know, I don't know, it just does not make sense for humans to have to medicate themselves after they eat. You should be able to eat and be okay. That's what it's for. It's fuel. You should be sick after you eat. That don't even make no sense. But these companies are getting paid big money to medicate you to be, help you feel better after you eat food that you shouldn't be eating, and in particular the way that you're eating it. So I, I bought into to and and the mucus mucusless diet healing system by Professor Eric. That one was just just blew me away because he just basically felt like there's a certain diet that's going to fill you with a lot of inflammation. A lot of a lot a lot of mucus, and we're full of it. We're always getting sick. We're always snotty, always having issues, and that ain't nothing but inflammation. You understand? And so his thing is all disease. You're just overloaded with inflammation. Give the disease any name you want. So all that that inflammation just hit me in a way that I knew that I needed to at least try something different. Why not? Why not? And as I did, my asthma cleared up, my eczema went away, uh, my skin cleared up, no more earaches, no more throat aches, just energy and happiness. (laughs) So then I changed my diet because of him. We got married, and uh, I went away to Japan thinking I was going to be a Singing. I'm just like with this, this the other two people, and we at the Motown Cafe, and we singing, and I'm singing Diana Ross songs, and 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 during the day, I'm shopping, 
working out and cooking and meditating and then performing at night. That was my day. And the other people were writing music and rehearsing. <laughs> and I just was like, I'm just, you know, I'll sing, but that's not where my heart is right now. And, and through meditation, I just was like, I just knew that I was coming home to do food. I just, I claimed it, and that was what I saw for myself. And so got back home and, and, and decided that, as a matter of fact, after I flew from Japan, I had the audacity to get together with a girlfriend to go out to the valley, some park in the Balboa Park or someplace in the valley. To They were having some type of a festival. And, girl, we had food all over the ground. We we didn't know what we were doing. And I had, I had jet lag. I had just flown in from Japan. But oh. I knew I wanted to do food. That's how crazy I was. We it, that was the biggest disaster. My girlfriend don't didn't know what she was doing, trying to get a tent and tables, and it was a mess. Anyway, that was my first. <laughs> my husband actually came out there and pretended he wasn't with us. So oh. um, that's how awful it was. But of course, we got past that, and uh, one thing led to another, and I started um, basically. Um, Vending at church, uh, City of Angels Church, uh, Reverend Dr. O.C. Smith was the minister at that time. And um, we I had about 30 customers at the church, and I was serving enchilada pie and burritos and tacos, and they were loving it, and all vegan. And then um, I moved over to Agape Spiritual Center. I don't know if you're familiar with Agape Spiritual Center. Yeah, Reverend uh, Michael Beckwith. Uh, and and I was there for six years on the parking lot. And so Ron and I built this 15-foot um, uh, cart, and it had a griddle on it. It had refrigeration. One side we did smoothies, and we could keep ice and soft drinks on it. It was it was a nice, you know, nice cart. Got, got us away from the rental truck every Sunday. And we were there for six years on the parking lot, and we experienced block-long lines, and um, one day uh, we were on our way to Jamaica, and somehow we were on Market Street in Inglewood, and the doors to uh, our restaurant were open. We went inside. We communicated with the owner. He wasn't interested in having it be a restaurant anymore. And when we get, we exchanged numbers with him, and when we got back from Jamaica, we had telephone calls from him, and he offered us the building with first and last month's rent and a security deposit, and we took it. We had no other money, but we took it anyway. <laughs> so <laughs> anyway, it took us four years. It took us four years to open the door doors, and we opened July 1st, 2008. So we're coming up on our 10th year of being open, and um, we're only growing right now. So that, that aspect of it is a, a, an incredible, incredible story. Um, but in terms of my working out, when I met Rondell, um, my current husband, he took me to Griffith Park on our first date, and he ran the entire hill past the observatory backwards. Backwards? And I, I thought he was crazy. And so I thought to myself, I was crying. I was just like, man, every time we get finished one hill, it's another hill. And I kept saying, when? When are we... You know, he's just like, just this one right up here. And he just kept saying that. 
<laughs> thought to myself, if this man can run this backwards one day, I will be able to run this maybe in a, at a walker's pace, but I'll certainly be in a running mode. And I don't care when I go to Griffith Park, I can run that hill at a walker's pace, but in a running mode, I can do that if I don't do nothing else. And I'm 67, and I, and I have muscle memory. Any time I go, that's the way I'm going to get up that hill. I'm going to run it. I don't care. <laughs> but, I'm but anyway, and so that's where the fitness came into play. You know what I mean? And then after, and, and of course, becoming vegan, leaving the um, the eating the crap that I was eating before and becoming adapting the vegan lifestyle, uh, I didn't have as many issues with weight. However, there had been times when I did not work out and eating uh, far too much sugar maybe. Um, I got off of refined sugar, but I started off with maple syrup, and then when agave became so available and so popular, I started eating agave nectar, and it, it's been okay with me since. But, yeah, now I'm more disciplined than ever because, I like doing at least 95% raw or 80% raw, 20% cooked, if you will, but I don't eat a lot. I'm just mm-hmm. not real big on eating. So here I am today with my restaurant, 10 years in, and um, sharing, sharing myself with everybody. So that's where I am. What a great story. Now, you know I have some questions because, Okay. I'm just like I'm it's it's like wow, like how old were you when you decided that you were going to be vegan? Forty. Forty. Okay, that's great because a lot of people think that you have to be younger or in your twenties or things like that to be vegan and that's definitely that hasn't been the case with you and I don't think that's the norm to be honest. No, it's not because we all we grew up in a society that were heavy meat eaters. We believed in we were all taught to eat meat. Because we were all taught that we needed the protein, so it definitely is not. It, it you know it would be more normal to start later than earlier. I'm glad you brought up the protein piece because a lot of um, people that are vegan curious or veggie curious, they want to know what that issue is with protein. How do you get your protein? Nobody in this country is protein deficient. <laughs> vegetables, all the vegetables, beans, legumes. Oh, come on, it's protein. Where the cow get it? Where did you really get it? Exactly. You get, from fresh, you get from fresh live food. You're getting a secondhand source of protein, and you, and it's coming from a, another being, an animal. I don't have a problem. Look at me. Come on now. <laughs> Come on. It's just some things that the meat and dairy industry they put out there, and we get stuck on stupid, and it's just that we just done. We're done. But I'm just, you know what? To be perfectly honest with you. I want to learn as much as I can learn. It has to make sense to me. And if it doesn't, I can't buy into what you're telling me. Even if it costs me my life, even if it costs me my life, I'm not going to buy into something that just don't make no sense to me. I'm sorry. You better make that make sense to me. And if I can sustain life with life, sustaining life with death just ain't going to never make no sense to me. I'm sorry. I'm live. I'm a live being. Why on earth would I try to get my nutrients from a dead being? Why? I'm sorry. That don't make sense to me. No, I mean, I get it. That makes sense to me. I think for me, I stopped eating meat because I realized my body just didn't feel good anymore. Like I right. would feel heavy and lethargic and bloated. Yeah. 
It was yes. uncomfortable. It is. Aren't you much lighter? Isn't it different? It's much different. It, it, I feel way better. Yes, the whole process of dining is different. I mean, you might eat too much for the moment, but shoot, a few minutes later, you're going to be good to go. That's true. The you know itis doesn't set in. No, not like that. Were you ready to go to sleep at the wheel? <laughs> <laughs> anyway. <laughs> now, going backwards to when you were in Japan and you realized that your colleagues were doing their music, you know, full steam ahead, and you realized that this may not have been your um, your passion, at, at least not as strong. How long did it take you from getting back to Los Angeles where you were able to say, okay, this is going to be food for me and I'm going to have to, you know, walk away from music or kind of put it off to the side? I knew that I was done singing. I was singing like that. I knew before I left. And because I had already made arrangements to do this festival, I was in it. When I when I said, okay, me and my girl, we're going to do this festival, I'll send you some money, you buy the product, da-da-da-da-da, I was already ready to be into food when I when I got off the plane. <laughs> I was there. I left there. Meditation did that. I knew that singing was not going to be it. I, you know what? If somebody is, has has a, 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 a funeral and it's people I know and they want me to come sing one of maybe three songs that I know, I'll come sing them. But other than that, and I jump up in the chair at Stuff I Eat, and I'll sing the Stuff I Eat jingle and maybe another song. And that's my singing career. <laughs> <laughs> I got you. So at the restaurant and maybe at a, at a funeral, depending on the song. Hey, I'm just not, you know, it wasn't, it didn't do for me what this does for me. And especially presenting it without the death of another being. You understand? That yeah. makes more that makes that is the best thing for me to be able to share it and people enjoy it and nothing had to suffer. People want to bring up plants. Plants have a season, baby. And in that season, when they thriving, it's time for me to eat them. Because if I don't, they are going to wilt and die. Period. Over and out. That is what I'm supposed to eat, and that is what I choose to dine on. And so if I can share that part of me with the world and they appreciate it and love it, what's better than that? There's nothing better than that. So I'm good, I'm good with singing, singing a song and people getting excited that I got some vocals, but I believe the universe, it created us, so we... We are its ability to be our light. I mean, it, 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 what does it do? It expresses through each and every one of us. And we all have the light. We all have the star. We all have it. And once you feel it and you know that that's where you're supposed to be, that is where you're going to do your best work. That is where you're going to shine the most. And don't be stubborn. I've already taken enough crazy routes. I've been everything, child, hairdresser. Florida Ranger, how to did balloons. I, I did all kinds of stuff. Flight attendant. <laughs> I'm glad you brought that up, Chef Babette, because I know there are a lot of people, especially um, people that listen to this podcast, 
that may be straddling the fence between practical or a old passion and then something that may actually fulfill them more. So what advice would you give to those who are straddling the fence between like you were um, music and, and food? Well, to be perfectly honest with you, that time that I spent in Japan was, was um, extremely important in my, my development and, and my uh, making a, a solid decision with the direction in which I chose to move and and through being still and being quiet. Meditation is just an incredible tool because you have an opportunity to hear, you know. Mm-hmm. You have an opportunity to just shut it all down, quiet your mind. How often do we do that? And and if if that intelligence created us, then we are one with it. So it, it just it's, it's it's one of those things where it it it's never gonna leave you hanging, but you got to be able to hear it. You got to be able to pay attention. And so I paid attention. And and everybody it's everybody has their own individual journey. And most of the time, you're gonna do things your own way. I'm just telling you what how it worked out for me. That's how it worked for me. And I listened. And it and it it took me where it's taking me where I I desire to be. Yeah. I don't know. That helps. (laughs) No, that definitely helps. All of these answers has helped because I think a lot of us can apply this to our own lives. I know for me, I can deal with it from spiritual homegirl being something that I really want to do. And then I have a day job. We have stability versus passion. So I can definitely take that even as a person that's interviewing you and apply it to my own life. So I'm, I'm sure a lot of listeners will be able to do the same. Great. Now, another thing I wanted to go back to was um, I know you told me the story about the tent. You had your first, you know, I don't want to say failure, first lesson with respect to the tent and launching the food. And then you ended up getting the restaurant, but it took four years to open the doors. So what were the challenges that you faced and how did you overcome that to um, to open? Well, the beauty in that was um, I had a partner. Um, after the um, the disaster with the with the with the, that that horrible event, my husband finally said, "Would you like for me to get involved?" And I said, "Sure, why not? We're family. Let's go ahead and do this together." Because of course, he's the one that introduced me to the lifestyle in in the beginning. Now he was not vegan, but he had knowledge of the lifestyle, and we transitioned together. So we 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 got us our, ourselves a, a U-Haul truck, and we just started growing. Uh, and 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 once we got an opportunity to go over to Agape and stay there for six years, we we did our market analysis. We found that we had a product that the masses loved. Everybody that tasted, uh, we were known for our wild rice tacos. We didn't even have the soul food plate over there at that time, uh, but we were known for the wild rice tacos, burritos, salads enchilada pie and that's what we served every Sunday after services and Agape had a quite quite a few people that went to that church so we wind up with really 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 long lines and we knew that people loved the product so having someone alongside me that had a better sense of and especially more than anything more than even having a, a strong business acumen in terms of of being a restaurateur because we were both novice at that. All we had was that <clears throat> that um, 
experience running the card on Sundays. But to have somebody that knew how to take care of money, I'm not the greatest at that. I mean, you know, if I want a tomato, I almost don't even look at the price. I I just go get a tomato. Well, he's not going to do that. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Even though we didn't have a lot of money, when we opened our doors, we didn't owe anybody a dime on all of our um, all of our appliances, nothing. Now, we had a few investors, but in terms of owing companies money for all of our equipment, we owed nobody a dime. That's because of Rondo. I, that wouldn't have happened with me. I would have probably got everything on credit. And I, I probably would have dec- decorated the place different. I would have overspent. He's not going to do that. So that 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 was a blessing. You know what I'm saying? Somebody on your team that knows how to at least squeeze the dime because I don't even know how this man kept us open during three and four hundred dollar days. We had plenty of those, plenty three hundred four hundred dollar days. And um, when I look now at where we are, it's just amazing that we made it through. With we weren't even hitting a thousand dollars a day, and we thought people from Agape would follow, but they didn't at the time. They did not. So we had to rebuild in a in a in a neighborhood where there was hardly any other businesses open but us. There was no foot traffic. You understand? And we did no advertising. So and and we didn't have a lot of substance. But what we had was determination. We had heart. We had a good product. We had tunnel vision. And we, you know, we just made that happen because of what we 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 knew we could make happen. So we didn't let anything deter us. Not even when we opened at the height of the recession in 2008. You know, people were like, you going to put a vegan restaurant in Inglewood? Really? Yeah, really. Yeah, really. And yeah, really, I'm still here today. <laughs> and congratulations, too. That's a big deal. Ten years, and I know that recession was huge. Yes, it was, girl. We don't, you know what it is? Sometimes you just need to be a little less intelligent. We were too ignorant to work. We didn't care. Didn't care about no recession. Because most of the time, I'm going to just be straight up with you. I, I'm, no, I'm not going to even go there. Most of the time, people that are impoverished don't have no whole bunch of money. They ain't thinking that the government about to do nothing for them anyway. What goes on in the government, most of the time we feel like don't affect us because our stuff be messed up anyway. Look, mm-hmm. You know, it's rough anyway. So we just were ignorant enough not to pay attention to that and open our doors. Most, most, I mean, come on, economists would have been like, nope, this is a terrible time to open a vegan restaurant in a neighborhood like this. <laughs> but sometimes you just kind of go with your gut. And it was a good move. Well, I appreciate that. So sure. going back to your fitness piece, well, you know what? Let me ask you about the 10-year anniversary because that's a big deal. You're right. Because I, like I said before, I was in the midst of graduating college in that recession, and I know how hard that was. I remember the gas yeah. shortage. I remember a lot of my friends Nobody were still at home. couldn't work. Yeah. It was It was a scarce – it was a really bad time. I remember people saying that that was like the coming of like the next depression. Yeah. So the fact that you it guys opened – Hmm? And stayed. But, you know, a lot of credit, I'm telling you, it was determination, but a lot of credit has to go to the way my my husband handled our funds. 
You know what I'm saying? He was he was just frugal enough, very very careful, and the fact that we didn't owe a lot of money, you know. So we and and let me tell you what else was extremely clever. We didn't go in there trying to buy every product on the shelf. If you look at our menu, you'll notice most of our dishes include rice, black beans, and tofu. The Kilimanjaro, rice, beans, tofu. The lava burrito, rice, beans, tofu. The burrito, rice, beans, tofu. Taco, rice. You can have beans on it if you want to, and you can certainly have tofu. So right there, that's a great number of dishes. Now, I did create a nut burger. That sells good. And we added the soul food platter. We've always had salads. but So that's our menu. But that's not a lot of different food items to buy. I make sure I always have green onion, red onion. So there, and I'm learning for myself because I'm not a trained chef. I can make so much food just making sure I have bell pepper, green onion, red onion. You know what I'm saying? Uh, every now and then, if I need some some special special Italian herbs, I like to go get fresh herbs along with using. The uh, dry herbs, I like the smell of it. So I purchase some ingredients as I need them. Others are standard. We always have potatoes. We always have yams. We always have beets and we always have carrots. Always have salad mix. And we always, always have cabbage. So there are certain items that we just have no matter what, and we make it happen with just that. Instead of creating these outlandish menus, um, that I just quite frankly, I had my my stuff had to be durable, girl. I I needed to have food to look that could withstand the steam table because you know steam table be beating some food up. It just had some mac and cheese up. Yeah, keep cooking and cooking and cooking. But we figured it out. We figured it out. We're still working. We ain't a hundred. We ain't a hundred. That's why we we have a four point five score. And 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 criticism is good. Criticism across the board. Even I, I had to learn. I just did an event in in Oakland this weekend, and and a dear friend of mine actually called me. <laughs> we communicate on Facebook. He called me because he watched the video that I did, and I went a little hard talking about people that make ugly comments about veganism. I, and, and I'm just to me, for me, it's like this is not for you. Then you don't have to be cruel and come to a site where you're just being mean to people who have decided to take an alternative in their path. You know? So I, I went a little hard, and, and so he had to come and pull my coat. But my manager had already pulled my coat and said, you got a frown on your face. You look happy. <laughs> <laughs> and, and so sometimes critique, sometimes that is it's a thing, but you know that if somebody is your, is, is they love you, you need to open your mind and you need to listen and learn from it and move forward, you know? Mm-hmm. And so uh, that's, it, it's always a lesson. I don't know why I said that. I just had lost my train of thought. What was I talking about before I said that about? Anyway, it don't matter. Uh, so, yeah, <laughs> learning, every every everything is a learning process. And I just think that it needs to be, you need to be grateful for every single lesson, you know? And so, yeah, that's how I roll. You were talking about the um, frugality of Randall in order to get 
uh, in order to survive during the recession. That was what we were talking yeah. about previously. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. I, I wouldn't have been able to. We wouldn't have been able to do it. So, I guess we we we. It hasn't been simple as a husband and wife team because sometimes I just want to go right, and he is dead set on going left. And and egos play a major part in relationships, any relationship. They just must be fed. And sometimes we're silly with our egos, you know what I mean? So we all have, have to learn to grow and and figure out what's really going to be best for the situation. And do at this time, do I need to put my ego to bed and step aside and allow this to move in another direction? And let's just give it a shot. And so you have to do a lot of that. You have to do a lot of that. And in, in, in the area of our finances, I'm glad that I did move aside because I, re, I it was it was an easy realization <laughs> that uh, we probably wouldn't have no money if it had been left up to me. <laughs> well, self-awareness is key. So that's really uh-huh. good that you guys are so different and y'all can still balance each other out. That's, that's actually yeah. really great. It's, it's right. It's, look, I'm not telling nobody that, that it's easy. You know that relationships are not easy. Come on, you can even remember a relationship with your your best best buddy, your mama, your daddy, or somebody like that. It's mm-hmm. always work. It's always work because you're dealing with another uh, another uh, human that has his own way of seeing life. Period. And um, so we always have to make those adjustments, and it's not easy. And don't feel like because there have been many a times, and I'm sure he's just been like, why don't you just disappear? And I've been like, I'm about to disappear, and and it, it, I mean, it, and it happens, and then you have to kind of take a deep breath and say, and and he reminds me. So, what is the bigger picture? The bigger picture is what we're sharing. The bigger picture is what we're doing. The bigger picture is going to enable us to be able to walk away from this and live comfortably, live our lives out comfortably. We've come this far, so to be ignorant over ego-driven arguments would be simply stupid. And I just, you know, so, you know, you've got to take a deep breath because sometimes you don't mind being stupid. <laughs> ah! <laughs> I get what you're saying. Sometimes you got to be wrong to be right. I, I get it. That, yeah. That's actually, that's that's a really good piece of advice, actually. Yeah. Anyway. Let's see. What else we have going on here? So, you do events. And what else does Chef Babette like to do? So when you're not cooking or involved with fitness, what else do you like to do? Well, I am so fond of relaxing, really. And lately that I've been able to do some traveling and, and I see that we're getting ready to, we just went this weekend to Oakland to launch the book. And um, that's just, that was that was so much fun. It really was fun. So I know that being around people, who, especially people who are embracing me, you know, that's always the best, is is just really incredible, just total strangers. Um, so I'm, I know that I'm really, really, really digging that. But I love, I, I'm at work usually by between 3.30 and 4 in the morning, and so I, I work a, a complete eight-hour or so shift. And when I'm off, I love to come home and be by myself. I love it, but I have to balance because life is a balance. So I can't be out here talking about I can do fifty push-ups and and don't never do no push-ups, and I can't do four-minute planks if I ain't ever planking. 
So I have to figure out when I can get all that in. And because I am so inspired by everyone who says I inspire them, isn't that a beautiful thing? Yeah. And so they inspire me to keep going. If I'm showing them something that maybe perhaps may make a difference in their human experience and they feel like maybe my similar journey might work out for them, um, then it's my obligation and I am honored to stay as fit as possible and show them what is possible in terms of this whole process we call aging. And um, let's just see Let's just see what, what the run is. It's not that I'm not aging. Certainly I am, and I'm okay with it because I don't look like I looked when I was a baby, nor do I look like I looked when I was a little girl. I don't even look like I looked when I was a teenager. I don't even look like I looked when I was 21 years old. So the process is a beautiful process. I don't want it to speed up and I start looking like I'm 90 tomorrow. No. I like this process. It's slow, but it's happening. That is why when I take photographs, I'm not big on a lot of Photoshop, and don't Photoshop me to death because I get laugh lines when I laugh. And don't be looking at me like, ooh, she get a laugh. She got a laugh line. Yep, I live on the planet Earth. I've been laughing a lot. (laughs) (laughs) I've been (laughs) laughing. Now, going backwards, I do want to get some secrets from you regarding aging gracefully because you do not look anywhere close to 67. But before I ask you about your secrets to aging gracefully, um, can you tell us about the book that you were talking about that you were um, that you were doing an event in Oakland for? Oh, yeah. Our book, my book um, has been in the process for so long. It's it's been it's been quite a journey uh, with the book. Um my daughter and I started the book several years ago, and um, she had a horrible biking accident. And, of course, n- nothing really happened with the book because she had a calf up to her butt and oh, uh, with two children. So she was down for a long time. She's even just had surgery this in 2017 for that same exact injury. So her foot's a mess for life. Um, but the book started off, and and we're just now completely. Uh, um, I, it's it's it was being you know all the printer and being all put together, but um, we finally got got ourselves a book. We finished the book, and um, it's called Cash In on Cashews. It's uh, the first of a series of books. This one is a dessert book because I make these incredible icebox desserts. And I'm making 50 desserts, different desserts out of one cashew nut. So it, I'm just, I'm, it's really a, a how-to guide more than anything because I started off making parfait mixes with the cashew nut, and I realized that I could change the parfait mixes into pies. And then I realized I could use other ingredients, uh, nuts and dried fruit and uh, freeze-dried fruit and that sort of thing and start making cakes. I even make uh, ice, the ice box bunt cakes. I make buy the little individual molds and make all these cute, adorable little desserts. And I figured anybody could do this because really, I, I I ain't that sharp at this, but this is easy. So I figured I'd put it in a book, and because people love desserts, come on, you know they do. 
I put it in the book and allow people to play around with it, and uh, we'd have some fun with it. People could post their own desserts, their own creations, because all I'm doing is coming up with different parfait mixes and mixing and matching the mixes and different nuts and seeds and that sort of thing and coming up with some incredible creations. I don't even think I've ever made a dessert twice the same except for my cupcakes. I'm just I'm just having fun with them. They taste the same, but they may not always look the same, you know? I, mm-hmm. It's my opportunity to express, if you will. Now, where can we get the book? Well, you're going to be able to order the book online, but I'm going to definitely have a huge blast as to when I because people have already been ordering the book and we got we got hung up really badly thinking that a publisher was going to help us out with the book and they had us stop working on the book because they might have wanted to take it in another direction and then after 30 days or so they weren't interested. And so we had to, you know, life happens and we had to start again. So a lot of people have had their money. They've been extremely patient. So I don't want anybody pre-ordering until I say order now. <laughs> Got it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, well, that's a book me to look out for. I'm sorry? Yeah, it's called Cash In on Cashews by Chef Babette. Well, you know, we have to have it ready. I'm going on Home and Family again on March 27th. I'm going to be a guest on there, and I'm going to have my book uh, by then. So, it, you know, come soon. Okay, come great. Soon. So, yeah. It'll be in a few weeks then, not too long. Right, right, not too long. <clears throat> okay, and... Now, on to what I'm sure a lot of us are curious about. What are Chef Babette's secrets to aging gracefully? You know, a lot of it a lot of it is a lifestyle. My, my lifestyle is extremely simple. So we make sure we get some sunshine. Make sure you move. Make sure that you understand that your food is your gasoline. It's your fuel. You have to be getting something from the food or you're just eating a bunch of empty calories and it ain't giving you nothing but weight and it just ain't doing what it's supposed to do for you. So you need to make sure you get as many nutrients as you possibly can, Uh, uh, your attitude, and make sure that you, um, you know, I, I I don't, I get rest. I, so I'm not big on just being up all night, and I don't, I don't, I don't do that. I never have. I never was that girl. So I believe in getting rest. I just believe in balance, and and I think, especially if you nourish yourself properly and you're not stressed out trying to digest food that you shouldn't be eating, I think uh, longevity uh, seems like it would be in in the cards for you. However. Um, People need to understand that looks, that's aesthetics. That's not as important as the quality of your life. I, I'm I'm I, I I'm glad that people think that my face looks so great. That that's that's a nice compliment. But I know some people that are in fantastic shape. And they may they may look a little different in the face, but it don't really matter because good look. Those people can outdo me in all kind of workouts and whatever it is they want to do. It's it's about your quality. It really and truly is because you could be gorgeous laying flat on your back, 
and um, you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. So I don't think people need to get so wound up on the look. It's it's wonderful, and yeah, you can keep looking great, whatever you consider great, for a long period of time. But you better be able you can get down and get up. You ain't trying to use no life alert. Get up off the floor, calling people. Now, if you done fell down and broke something, we get it. But I'm just talking about you just get down there on purpose and can't get back up. That's some. That's come on. That's true. That's true, though. <laughs> Yes, I'm just saying, you got to think about that. You really do. And so, I don't know, yeah. I just, I, I haven't done I haven't done a whole bunch of stuff on purpose. I don't use cosmetics and stuff. I use coconut oil. I love coconut oil. I have some friends that make up different, different uh, mixes that are natural, and I use them sometimes, especially in my hair and stuff like that to support. But my go-to is coconut oil. I love it. I use it everywhere. I even put the grease under my makeup. So it's it's I'm just not spending a whole bunch of money on chemicals. I don't want, I don't want a whole bunch of perfumes. Bad enough that I'm wearing this makeup out here and ain't ain't quite sure. So you know, cause they ain't nobody protecting us. If you don't protect yourself, whose place is it to protect you? <laughs> whose place? That's a good point. Um, yes, it's the only point. Trust me, there ain't no other point. You better got your back. Because guess what? If you ain't got your own back, why should anybody else have your back? I don't know. That's true? Oh, that's the only truth. Because really, don't, don't nobody care. Not really. My daughter keeps beeping in on me. <laughs> She's probably <laughs> thinking, what is wrong with her? <laughs> So for those who have elders in their life that are still eating meat and are kind of stubborn when it comes to transitioning or at least considering um, a vegan or plant-based lifestyle, what advice would you give them to at least initiate the conversation respectfully? Um, you know what, and I, you know, I speak to a lot of people my age that, and they're stubborn, they are stubborn, but I just try to, share with them a, a dose of reality. That's that's what I try to do. Um, and as gently and, and make it, I don't try to come too harsh with it, but I don't know. I just, I share with them what, what it is they're really eating. If you, if you, because the, the way it was shared with me, um, it just opened my eyes. If you if you think about what we're consuming that's clogging arteries and giving us such huge problems, um, you need to consider what it is you're ingesting every time you ingest it. And when you when you cook animal flesh, you're going to be eating of its flesh and of its fluids. And what's in the fluids that could cause you problems? And you have to consider that. And so, I, trust, trust me, I, I have friends, I have older relatives, and there have only been a couple, a couple of people in my family that have transitioned. They're real hardcore. And even, so that's why sometimes you just kind of have to say, here's this dose of reality. Is that really what you want to ingest? 
Do you really, really, really want to ingest another animal's body fluids? Is that really what you want to eat? You wouldn't even want to ingest your own body fluids. Would you? Would you? You wouldn't. If you burned yourself and it blistered, you would never prick it and and suck it. You wouldn't do that. So why then, why then ingest another animal's fluids? Doesn't make sense. Not to me. So I share that. I share that with them. And believe it or not, a lot of them think about it and like, man, I just never really thought about it that way. Um, you know, even if it's I'm going to start doing less of this, uh, just giving people food for thought and being honest, that's all you can do for a person. Because people may not like what it is you say, but the reality of life is that life will show you in a very horrible way what's real. And so you may not like my words, but death is even greater than my words. Ooh, that's deep. Yeah, it is deep. But it's so real. So very real. Yeah. Now, another question I got um, is for people who are trying to incorporate themselves or incorporate healthier ways, whether it's fitness or vegan options for themselves or their families, what advice would you give those people that are trying to transition? Don't go too crazy. And if you've got small kids, let them, let them go shopping with you. Watch the, you know, get recipes. You watch the Food Network. And then you and your kids say, we're going to make that, but we're not going to use that in it. And we're going to go to the store and we're going to buy all the ingredients. And you know what I'm saying? So let your kids help you cook the meals and don't go crazy with buying product. Make sure you have certain items on hand and you can make and make sure you know what your family likes. Know what they like. If they're if you've got if you're fortunate enough to have kids that will eat some vegetables <clears throat> because most of the time we've done this to our children. We're the ones that um form their palates for them. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. We, we we start them off. And so we if if we mess them up, then they're kind of stuck for a minute. But the one thing about the human when they're hungry, if they're hungry enough, guess what they're gonna do? They're gonna eat. <laughs> no, that sounds awful. But you just have to make you you just have to be inclusive. I think I think that's the most clever way to get kids, especially now your your significant other back sometimes one or the other is. Oh, it's horrible. Can you imagine trying to get a grown-up, another grown-up person to see it your way and to give up something that the entire society has been indulging in forever? So, like, um, that one's a tough one. I didn't have to do that, but I just think keeping it real with your family and teaching and knowing as much, learning as much as you can. Uh, and and keeping them safe and let them understand that that's what I do when I'm sharing this with you. I'm keeping you safe. 
because there are just some things we shouldn't be eating. You don't want to give your kids diet and preservatives and all that kind of stuff. You don't want to do that. And um, if you are not uneducated about fine sugar, all that kind of stuff, you got you got babies out. I met a, a little baby yesterday that has diabetes. A Aww. baby, yes, a baby. All diet. So, um, you know, you have to be honest and you have to be conscientious and you have power. You have to at least understand what it is you're doing and why you're doing it so that at that point you're able to give good information to your family and help them to transition. And uh, guess what? You still have to walk your walk because not, not one of your family members is going to get sick for you. They're not going to die for you. So you still have to do you, even if nobody comes with you. You still have to do you. I really thought that was a great answer. I know for me, I'm going to talk to some family members of my own and figure out what we can do little by little to change it. Like I know my grandmother, she's 83, she'll be 84 in July. Mm -hmm. And she's been cutting back eating meat just because I think she's starting to outgrow it. But I promised her every month I would make a vegan meal for her. Yeah, so, girl. Yeah, and I made some oyster mushrooms. I smothered them with her recipes. I just basically subbed out the poor child to the chicken and just threw some oyster mushrooms in there. She kept calling it chicken. I said, Grammy, it's not chicken. It's oyster That's mushrooms. <laughs> That's what I did. I kept calling my meal chicken, too. <laughs> She said, bring me some more chicken. I said, Grammy, these mushrooms. She said, they ain't no mushrooms. Bring the chicken. I said, it's not. (laughs) But um, also, I noticed you are super fit. So for those who are trying to incorporate a more um, healthier way to to kind of stay in tune with being active, what advice would you give them? I believe in movement. Whenever you have an opportunity to move, move. And don't be walk, going walking around the park with your girlfriends, walking like y'all just la, 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 la. <laughs> Break a sweat. Move. You know, make yourself move. You're going to get sore at first, but if you keep doing it, make sure you buy the right gear. Make sure you get good, comfortable shoes. If you need to wrap your knees or anything like that, make sure you gear up and you protect yourself. But move. You don't have to run. Movement. Walk. Brisk walk. Break a sweat. Don't brag about not sweating. That ain't good. I heard folks brag. I don't sweat. What's wrong with you? You're moving. You gotta sweat. They get rid of toxins. How much you don't sweat? And you all proud and stuff. Anyway, that's why. That's why knowledge is power. You don't be walking around here sounding silly. And 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 I just believe that 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 people need to. Um, I don't know. I'm I'm very careful about lifting weights and stuff like that because I hurt myself before. I've had I've had so many surgeries, child. It ain't ain't even funny. But I hurt myself messing with weights and stuff improperly. So I I'm not I I don't mess with weights. I I had a trainer that was really really cool with getting me to use my you know just my own body weight and. Um, that's what I like to do. I, I concentrate on my, my abs. I concentrate on my upper body strength, on my legs. I need more work there. I'm not able to get out and do some of the things that I like to do. I love running heels. That's one of my favorite things to do because it really requires you to dig in. But, um, yeah, I I just um, 
I just implore people to to move, get active. You know that you can go to Planet Fitness. They're so they're so cool with people that are that are you know not real gym rats. You know what I mean? They 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 ain't trying to point fingers at nobody. People just in there moving, and it's nice because you can get yourself a little trainer in there, and ain't nobody gonna have you hurt yourself. So it's just it's all about understanding that the human body. Just think about what our ancestors did to keep us on this planet with their bodies. They wasn't running around here, here eating everything that wasn't nailed down, turning into uh, uh, refrigerators. No, they were moving. And don't get mad at me because I said that. You know that uh, obesity is, is just is, it's horrible, and it's our choices. We can stop it. We don't have to. We don't have to suffer like that. Obesity ain't got. I don't like being overweight. Me, I, you look at me. I don't want to be ten pounds over. No, I feel differently. My, I look different. My clothes fit differently, and I can just imagine somebody that's uh, very, very much overweight. What they're going through, and we can stop that through knowledge. We have to educate ourselves, and we have to feed ourselves, and have enough respect. For this human body, this thing that guides us through this thing called life, the only reason we're able to experience it the way we're experiencing it right now is because of this body. This is the vessel, you know? And so you, you want to be able to move and groove. I ain't through, child. I, I want to skydive. I want to bungee jump. And let me tell you what else I want to do. I want to pole dance. I want to <laughs> I may not be able to. I may not be able to get all up there and open them legs like that, but I still want to. I want to learn the pole dance. So I have to keep myself in some kind of shape that I can fill my bucket list. Chef Bobette's pretty pink bucket list, and and I and and I don't want to be so broke down that I can't do it. Now this ain't a slam on nobody. I just said I don't want to be, and I don't, and that's my prerogative. No, thank you. So I take full responsibility for me. Nobody else is not responsible for me. I'm responsible for me. I don't know if I answered you. Just get off on these tangents. I'm here for every single tangent you got because they're (laughs) all delivered right on time and in the best way possible. I'm just sitting here with the biggest smile on my face because I'm like, I just can imagine like, all the things that's on Chef Bobette's pretty pink bucket list. Oh my gosh, yes. Like the bungee jumping. <laughs> Look, girl. I used to say when Hurricane Katrina hit, for those who walked out of that hurricane, or that levee burst and whatever it was that caused all that destruction, you know, they walked away with themselves. Mm-hmm. That's it. That's really all you own. That's really all you got. So if you don't take care of that, you ain't walking away. If you was lucky enough to walk away. Anyway. I ain't talking about people with handicaps. People didn't had accidents, so don't nobody get crazy. Yeah. I mean I, I would hope, huh? I was saying I would hope that people had common sense to know that this is about people that do not have something that's, you know, extenuating that will prevent them from, you know, taking charge of their life. Because sometimes there are people that are out there who cannot do the basics, walking, bathing, because of whatever um, ailment. And obviously that would affect their ability to be fit, too. 
Yes, my mother. When look, <clears throat> I claim this at ninety three years old. I'm still gonna be able to walk on my own, get in and out of a tub if I got one. You understand? What What am I supposed to do? Just not just stop doing what I do? No, I'm gonna do it. Now I may have to start. People always ask me, "Do you take supplements?" I'm not big on supplements. I've been good, but hey. If I have to start taking some, I'll take some. I'll find the best supplement, of course, uh, uh, plant-based, and I'll do whatever it is I need to do. But I'm definitely going to take care of me. At 93, my mother was, she already had a stroke, and she didn't, well, when she had a stroke a few years earlier, and by the time she was 93, she was out of here. You know, heart, <clears throat> cigarette smoke, she loved to go uh, uh, mess with in Vegas and in the in smoky uh, places and, and and then arteries clogging on her and she not knowing it and you in smoky places at late 80s and you know what I'm saying? Yeah. That That's just a recipe for disaster. So you got to be careful what you do with your arteries. Be careful in your arteries. Come on, man. I, my heart been beating for 67 years. Non-stop. Non-stop. It is my obligation to take care of the flow of blood that gets to my heart. That ain't nobody's responsibility but me. Why am I going to eat some animals when I know that is the kind of fat in the, is animal fat that clogged arteries? Oh, come on now. I mean, I'm just saying, if you just think about it, you just got to use some, use some, I don't, I don't want to say, no, I'm not going to say that. You just got to think about it. You just got to really, really think about it. That's the kind of fat that clogs an artery that might lead to your brain or to your heart or men to you know where. Why would you consume that product knowing that a four-year-old can develop plaque from animal flesh? A four-year-old. If a four-year-old can start developing plaque and you 30, what you think? What you think? You've been eating it two and three times a day? They, they shove it down your throat at breakfast? Got to have your burger or something at lunch. And I'm going to have you some chicken at dinner. That's three times a day. You're getting your arteries packed up. And then when you, you suffer a massive heart attack, well, you just took away the, the blood's ability to get to the heart. What you thinking? That's all I'm saying. Can we just think about it? That's true. I mean, you have a lot of passion about this. It's it's very clear. So I understand your expression with that. You know, sometimes I think if if we were just given a different way of looking at something, you know, you know how a light comes on for you sometimes. Mm-hmm. How does a stranger things? It could be a billboard. You pass by in your car and you look at a little silly billboard, and, you, and all of a sudden something just make real good sense to you. And so you know, you just have to share not not anger, it's just concern and love and understanding that. All of the human suffering that goes on, all of the animal suffering that goes on doesn't have to. That's all. I'm saying none of us really have to suffer. Most of the reasons we suffer is a lack of understanding and greed. And I'm going to leave it at that. Okay. So what else does Chef Bobette have going on? I just just did my DNA, uh, so... I found out I was um, 
pretty much my my DNA uh, was from West Africa, you know, like Benin, Togo, and all the, those areas over there. And so I I I went to Kenya um, last year, well, year before last, end of 2016. Yeah, I spent Christmas there, and I went with a, a family that had come into the restaurant. And they were going, and I said, I want to go. And they said, go with us. We're going to his parents' home. And uh, do you know, I went, and those people 1,000% took care of me. Like, I never had to spend any money. <laughs> oh, that's kind. Was that, that's incredible. That was, they're my family now. So I went to Kenya, so now I, I want to go to um I want to go to West Africa and check it out, and especially uh, 34% benign Togo. So that's a huge percentage. That's pretty much where I'm from. Um, and so I want to check it out. Other than that, I, I'm I'm kind of stuck on building uh, a tiny house. I'm pretty much of a minimalist. Um, I don't believe in collecting a lot of stuff um, because I, I've, I've witnessed too many of my loved ones renting um storage units to store stuff. And then after a while, you even forget the stuff you're storing. And then when when Mother Nature gets a hold to some of your stuff in the storage unit and you've been paying three or $400 a month for stuff, and you go to the storage unit and it's been put through hell with bugs or mice or whatever, and you've been paying all that money for your stuff. <laughs> so I decided I want a tiny house. And I don't want a whole bunch of stuff. And I want a pet pig. But I want to have enough land that I can do my gardening. And the little piggy can just run around and just be as free <laughs> as he wants to be with nobody bothering him. Just run as far as he wants because I have enough land that he can just run. And so that's kind of what I want to do and just kick it and just enjoy, just enjoy being human. That sounds like a, a heck of a life, just chilling, traveling, yeah, pets, relaxing. That's it. That's it. I pay my dues. I've been I've been on point. I've been ride or die. <laughs> <laughs> Is that what you youngsters say? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes, ma'am. That's exactly what we say. <laughs> That's right. I'm ride or die. So I put it in. You can depend on me. Even when I have surgeries, I go to work. My kids call in. My my employees call in and be like, "It's cold. My nose running. I can't come today." I'll be like, "I mean, I just had hand surgery. Carpal tunnel, trigger thumb, trigger finger on one hand. Hand all wrapped up. And guess where I am? Back at work. That's because I I'm true to mine. Are you going to travel um, across the country with your book? Yes. So we launched that. We're going to New Orleans. We're going to Texas. Uh, we're going to New York. So we got some dates coming up in the near future. I can't give them all to you. My my manager has them. I swear, I promise you, I don't keep up with them dates. But I know <laughs> we're going. My husband's nice enough to help me out on the trip. Um, so I appreciate the, uh, you know, I appreciate him being so, uh, what do you call it, supportive. Yeah, that. That's a beautiful thing. I think you have some Atlanta dates coming, too. Yeah, Atlanta. I'm excited about that. So 
for those who are listening, Chef Bobette will be coming to a city near you. So stay tuned to her website. What is your website? It is um, Chef Bobette. I, I think it's ChefBobette.com. It is. Is that a website? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I, I, I thought you was going to say, what's your Instagram? Oh, I was going to get there. Okay. You know I'm having fun with Instagram. I'll see. You've been live, doing demonstrations, doing fitness. Oh, I'm just, and every morning I try to give some little words of love. And it's just a fun little, it's a fun little page. Anyway, it's just my bitch, y'all. <laughs> Great. Now, is there anything else that you would like the world to know about Chef Bobette Davis? Well, I am a lover of life, and um, I do and say what I what I do because of that. Because I just feel like we can all exist. I think we need to practice more of what we were created for and that's to love and um i just believe that we all need to consider more often sustaining our life with our lives with life rather than death and so that's pretty much all i got to say that was great thank you so much for interviewing with me chef Bobette. it has been a real honor seriously thank you so much for having me and you guys take care And that was this week's interview with our Elder's Wisdom from Chef Bobette Davis. Again, if you need to find her, you can find her at ChefBobette.com. If you need to find me, you can do so at SpiritualHomeGirl.com. Spirit Homegirl on Twitter, Instagram and Facebook, Spiritual Homegirl. Uh, Don't forget to sign up, review, leave a review or subscribe to the show. I'm on Apple Podcasts, Google Play Music, TuneIn App, Radio Public, Libsyn, and SoundCloud. Yes, I'm everywhere. <laughs> so back to March Madness, like I mentioned in the beginning of the episode, I am in the midst of a very, very busy month. I had the Make Peace with the Day workshop for stress management with my girl, Dr. Giselle Cunningham. Super grateful for all of you guys that attended. It sold out at the last minute. I was able to um, gift everybody with uh, my workbooks for Making Peace with the Day. It's a journal, um, like a journal style workbook, as well as my debut aromatherapy inhalers that people enjoyed and people have been asking me about them outside the event so i'm gonna go ahead and sell those and some roll-on forms of the blend at the veggie connection and if i have some left over i'll sell some online too Um, but they're definitely going to be made for this event on the 10th which is the veggie connection nights event that is from 7 to 10 p.m at the Smyrna Community Center in Smyrna, Georgia. Tickets are only $5. I'll be co-hosting with my girl Latifah Smith from the Veggie Connection, Sasha Campbell Garbett from Life and Light Wellness, and Goth in the Raw. For those who don't know about Goth in the Raw, look her up, G-O-T-H in the Raw. When I say she makes some really fly, um, really fly vegan desserts, but with a dark gothy spin on it like she's really creative i think she's dope um i can't wait to meet her i've been following her since i've been um online with spiritual homegirl so i'm really excited to finally meet her and then we have yoga 101 which is coming up on the 24th of march at cosmic energy fitness studio it's from 2 to 4 p.m and again my girl dre will be back facilitating a power vinyasa flow for one hour as well as a q a for those who are curious about Um, the origins of yoga and why people should you know take it on as a way of life or how Dre even did it on her own um, as a way of life for her we also have some plant-based light friendly snacks and then for those who went to the first one um, 
they know that I've done a sun, moon, ascendant astrology reading. So for those who have already come to that one, you'll get a Venus, Mercury, and Mars. So we'll progress through your chart. But for those who are coming for the first time, give me your birth chart information when you buy your tickets. And I will run your sun, moon, and ascendant for you. Also, for the first 20 that show up, you will get a free Yoga 101 shirt. I was really fortunate to have somebody be so kind enough to donate 20 shirts to the event. So it's really exciting to um, have people support. So make sure you get your tickets at spiritualhomegirl.com forward slash shop. And what else is going on? I just really wrapped that up to make it sound like it wasn't a lot, but that really is a lot going on. <laughs> oh, I also have another event that might be coming up in the works, too. I don't want to jinx it yet, but I'm working on something on Sunday, the 25th of March, and it might be involving this week's guest. So we will see how that works out. We're currently working out the details, but y'all might want to stay tuned for the 25th of March if you're in the Atlanta area. Let's see. What else I have going on? Oh, I'm so happy, guys. Y'all know I talk so much stuff about YouTube, right, and how I don't. Um, I'm not on it as much as I should. Well, I have decided to embark on a 31-day video diary challenge. I am in day number, let me think, seven, seven or eight? Yes, no, it's eight. Yeah, it's eight. And I'm super happy to be able to just share my innermost thoughts that I would normally write down. I share some of them on paper, but I decided to share them with you all. I mean, in the spirit of being transparent and being just honest. Not that I hide anything from y'all, but normally I just keep it to myself sometimes. So not for the next 31 days. I will be sharing and spilling little tea here and there. Um, I talked about the event one day. I talked about how the Make Peace With The Day journals came to me another day. I talked about how I walked through um, a few days ago about 15 bees and didn't even realize that there was a sign that hit me smack dab in my face. I walked through those bees twice before I realized that this buzzing was to get my attention. But again, check me out on YouTube, subscribe to the channel, and you'll see exactly what I mean. Um, and then some other things that go on in my life that I don't necessarily show everyone. So that's what we got going on on YouTube. And I just want to talk about the importance of sitting still and gratitude. I wasn't sure if I was going to do with this episode. But if you can tell, that pause that I kind of just took was basically my body saying, do it now. So that is what I'm going to do around this time. And it's really important because it, the timing of this is it just seems like it's spot on. Around this time a year ago, I was in the midst of a lot of uncertainty about the show. It wasn't that I was discouraged, so to speak. I just felt like I was in a. You know how you really want to do something. But you don't really know how exactly you want to do it, but you know how you want to do it. That's kind of how it was. Like, I knew I wanted to take the show in a particular direction. I knew my strengths, and I definitely knew my weaknesses. And I wasn't sure how I was going to resolve the weaknesses, in my case, tech issues. I'm not really a techie person. Um, I like to just create and kind of leave the, the technical stuff to the professionals. And I was trying to grow the show or figure out how to elevate it or kind of how to make it better or improve. But it just seemed like I didn't have the time or the patience, to be honest, to figure it out. And I didn't know what kind of equipment I should get. Because remember, if y'all had been following Spiritual Homegirl, this was a situation where I just decided I was going to do it 
and I bought the stuff and I just did it. There was no plan. There was no older oh, strategy is I'm going to do it this way. I'm going to get on Apple podcast the next month. And after that, like it was nothing like that. What it was, was my spirit was like, do it, just do it. You're going to figure it out as you go, but you have to get this done. And that's basically how I started the spiritual homegirl podcast. So when you have six, seven months of consistent podcasting and you end on a really high note, which was, well, I considered it a high note with Alexis K. Tyler. I initially wanted to do the show in seasons. I wanted to take a break and I wanted to come back with season two. And, and then a month went by and I said, I don't want to do that anymore. And then whatever I wanted to do with the show came to a halt, like standstill. I was kind of like, okay, I don't want to do any of this anymore, but, but I want to do the show. But the plan that I started to somewhat have by the time that first season concluded, I didn't like it anymore. And I realized that a lesson that is meant for me to learn on this journey, and I always get reminders repeatedly in case I ever think I want to forget, is that it is okay to ask for help. So luckily, I happen to have a friend who is really good at podcasting in terms of editing and production. And that kind of just fell into my lap, like literally, like the way we became friends and then how we just fit with spiritual homegirl is just fit perfectly. And then my other friend who was like the brother to him, he ended up having all these bomb ass beats. And I was like, I really would like a theme song. And he's one of my favorite producers. So he let me use his theme music. So I was like, wow. Like he let me use one of his tracks for, for the, for the intro. So every time y'all hear an episode of the podcast, it's not just a show for me. You feel me? Like it's like a labor of love. For me, every time I hear the intro and somebody else is talking over it, every time I hear something that was um, put together beautifully or edited beautifully or how someone's voice sounds over my homie's beats, like that makes me so happy because it reminds me that this is a team effort. Every time I hear this show or every time I do this show, it's a reminder of it's okay to ask for help. And for that, I'm grateful for the lesson that this show has taught me. I'm grateful for the people that have been friends of the show or have helped me with the show or have worked on the show to to not only grow spiritual homegirl with the podcast but have also helped me personally so this ain't this ain't no job for me you feel me like this is not no shit I put on every day and I say oh, I'm gonna put on a hoodie I'm gonna put on a hat I'm gonna put on a shirt and I'm spiritual homegirl no like this is really this is me this is this is me it's just a public extension of who I am so I'm learning like I tell y'all I'm going through things just like you and this show opens my eyes to stuff every week every time I interview somebody every time I hear from one of y'all about how y'all feel about the show even if y'all disagree I learn something and it's like wow like this is amazing how something that's a passion project can really help you grow too like you I mean you it's kind of a given some people you know know that and I know that but sometimes you just have your mama where you sit there and you're like damn like this is amazing so thank y'all for helping me on the journey not only as a quote-unquote brand, which I hate saying because, again, I feel like this is more of a public extension of who I am, but it also helps grow me as a woman as well. So I just wanted to tell y'all, I just wanted to give y'all extended thanks. Thanks to those who have worked on the show. Y'all know who y'all are. I think I've, <laughs> I, I'm pretty sure I'm going to probably make a mushy post about how much I'm grateful for them in the future because I feel it coming on. But um, I'm so grateful for them, and I'm really grateful for you all. So thanks again for your support. I didn't think I was going to be able to do anything from this show. I thought it was going to be just a podcast. That was the plan. I told you I didn't have no real plan. It was just to 
you know, kind of be behind the mic and not do no type of YouTube and things like that. And the next thing I know, I'm kind of doing all these other things and launching different ideas. And it's because of y'all support that I'm even able to do that. So, again, thank y'all so much. I really appreciate it. <laughs> but um, before I get all super emotional and be on here blubbering and crying, um, I guess we'll leave it here. Um, this has been another episode of the Spiritual Homegirl Podcast. My name is Maria. And remember, trust the journey and trust yourself. And with lots of love and gratitude. Peace. Take care.